0: I'm John Bruner with O'Reilly, and my guest today is John Thuma. He's the director of strategy for Aster Analytics at Teradata. Welcome, John. Good to have you on.
1: Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate being here.
0: So today we're talking about advanced analytics, and um, I wonder if you could just begin by telling us what you mean by advanced analytics and what's driving this field today.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you talk to anyone that's in this business, they're probably going to have their own answer to what advanced analytics is. I mean, if you look back in history, past 20 years, analytics was simply KPIs, key performance indicators, or, you know, simple business intelligence reports and told you what happened, right? Mm-hmm. It's telling you, you know, it tells you what's going on today, you know, net new sales or new customers or new accounts, things like that. Well, today's questions are getting much more advanced right? They're getting more complicated. They want to know what's going to happen next. And they're going to to want to know why things are happening. So they want to do exploratory analytics. and They want to do predictive analytics, more deep learning analytics and more machine learning analytics. And I think that's the big topic of the day. Does Hmm. that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. So it's kind of a rounding out of the analytics, getting more sophisticated with the kinds of uh, questions you can answer.
1: That's right. I mean, we're, we're no longer satisfied with what happened. You know, if you look at BI, traditional BI, you know, KPI dashboards, things like that, you're looking at data up to the last ETL drop. And that's mm-hmm. great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, what we want is, is why did something happen? What attributed to something happened? Details, right? And, and that's done through advanced analytics, through attribution and things like that. And then we want to know what's going to happen next, you know? Um, and we also want to take in new sets of data, um, no longer just transaction data, data that fits nicely in columns and rows we want to take in behaviors we want to take in multi channel behaviors clicks on a website mobile apps you know call center notes things like that and we want to consolidate that with the transactions because there's a lot more there and through that behavioral analytic we can determine a lot of the things such as churn or next best action and so forth
0: so uh, you mentioned some pretty uh, advanced you know technical fields there for companies that went through a lot of uh, sort of pain and expense to implement even basic analytics. Is the next step easier or, or harder than, you know, putting in the kinds of, you know, essential baseline analytics that you mentioned earlier?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, easy is a relative term, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know it's, it, it, there's a lot of things in play there. There's people, there's process, there's business. I will say this, that these analytics are a little bit more complicated in the fact of the, the question is more complex. The mm-hmm. You know, and and the the tools that are being used and the types of analytic approaches are no longer just SQL bound, SQL bound, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what I mean by that is it takes a much more sophisticated tool set. The data structures are different. They're wild. They're you know they're very unstructured. Uh, they're polystructured, right? They're text in a in a CRM system. They're documents. They're TIFF images. They're emails. They're they're different things that that we're not used to. So of course there's complexity in that, but that's the technical complexity. Mm-hmm. The real complexity lies in what I call the first mile and the last mile of analytics. And that's really the culture of analytics, mm. okay, uh, that uh, I think is really critical. I think we're pretty good at, um, you know, building a churn model, do, using a random forest, using a support vector machine. You know, we're really good at, you know, doing clustering. But what we're not really good at is what should I do? Why should I do it? And then once I've done it, how do I implement it? And how do I get the most challenging part of this, uh, the people, to mm-hmm. behave differently as a result of this analytics. So, and let me give you, for instance, if I build a churn prediction score and I could say these 5,000 customers are going to churn off your bank account or churn mm-hmm. out of their bank account, what am I going to do from a business process standpoint and, you know, to, to reverse that that course of behavior to keep those people from churning? And also, how am I going to get the people that work inside of that business process to accept and actually do that? And then how am I going to measure success or failure? You know, that's the tough part, I think.
0: Right. So uh, fill us in a little bit on what kinds of people you need in order to to get that done. So you're saying that, that it, it's not just a matter of bringing in people with the technical sophistication to implement, um, you know, these new models. It's uh, bringing in people who know how to ri- ask the right questions uh, of these new models and interpret the, the results, right?
1: Exactly. It's 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 not just the interpretation. It's how do I look at my business practices differently? And and it's almost like a, a BPM, a business process in, or BPE, a business process engineering type of feat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to actually have an impact, because the impact is not measured on analytic capability. Mm-hmm. Impact is based on new revenue captured or existing or new not having revenue lost and also cost avoidance or both, you know, being able to capture new revenue or to keep costs down, mm-hmm. right? And so, how do I change my business practices? What kind of scripts do I use and that's not and that's not an analytic problem that mm-hmm. is a that is a business problem, and that takes a different kind of person and I don't think that most organizations are thinking that way they're mm. they're thinking they're they're going out and they're hiring their very smart, sophisticated data scientists. They're going out and they're hiring- all these mathematicians and these programmers, and they're doing great things with data. Don't get me wrong, those people are necessary. <laughs> And they're very good at what they do, and they can they can develop a score. I don't know how many times I've built a Sankey flow visualization or a sigma graph, and you know the, the the customer looks at it and just goes, "I don't know what this means." Right. right. So right. I guess what I mean by that is that culturally, data science speaks one language, mm-hmm. business speaks another, and there's a chasm between those languages. And in order to be successful, we have to have people that can walk between that chasm and be able to walk that and and translate that for the business folks. The other thing is, is that typical data science scatter plots and things like that do nothing for someone working in a call center, right? A simple message of this is what you do next is how is the real implementation of advanced analytics, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that's where I'm going with this. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. But, you know, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. Right. So let's talk about kind of the, the dream team that you imagine if you're Advising, let's say, a bank to keep going with uh, with that mm-hmm. example on creating a good data science team for the next generation of analytics. Uh, are are they looking for individuals who who bridge this kind of uh, you know technical expertise and management uh, field, or can you put together a team that involves several people who are real technical experts and then a couple of people who are maybe uh, you know translators?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely, it's 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 very doable you know you have you have professional companies today, you know big consulting firms today that have their stable of uh excellent data scientists and then they have their their stable of really good business engineers right uh, and I think that's the new type of person that we need to hire is that who is that business engineer that can help me one get over the hurdles that are disabling or not enabling an organization to embed analytics into their into their ecosystems mm-hmm. and um you know, these are the people that can communicate with both the business people that understand that have the industry knowledge, understand how call centers work, understand how different channels work, understand how IVR systems work, and understand, you know, how customer interactions work within a bank, for, for instance, mm-hmm. but then have the ability to go, well, I need this kind of score. I need a, I need a customer lifetime value score. I need a days to churn score. And I need... um you know, various, you know, various other types of scores. But once I get that, I'm going to go talk to the people who run those different channels that are customer touch points, like the branch managers or the brand, the mm-hmm. people, the tellers, the people working in the call centers. I'm going to say, well, if I have a high value customer that doesn't cost me a lot of money, that is in a likelihood of state of churn, what kind of script, what kind of offers do we make to this customer? And what's it worth? Right mm-hmm. so if I can if I can save this customer how much is that customer worth to my business and then I'll write a script and we'll write the incentives in and then we'll be able to go okay now we need to measure that to make sure we want to save 10% of customers that we identify that are high mm-hmm. value customers that are on a way to churn on the other side I've got low value customers that are on a on a path to churn that means this this customer is costing us money right there are customers that just cost us money right. well they should not get the same type of business process that a high value customer should get right mm-hmm, they should not mm-hmm. get the incentives and things like that because they're already costing us money we might be losing money on this customer heck it might even be healthy for us to lose this customer <laughs> so and i'm not that's, that's kind of draconian isn't it right right but i'm yeah i'm not trying to be that way it's just if you're going to prioritize that's what this that's what this this business engineer does so this business engineer is a t- it's a tough new role right they have to be mm-hmm. able to walk the walk with the business and they have to be able to walk the walk with the technical folks, and they have to know how to talk to both of them. And that's not an easy person to find. That's the real unicorn in this mix, right? Right,
0: right. <laughs> so it, it seems like a few years ago, um, everyone was just going out and, and installing dashboards for, uh, you know, for the whole company. You, you put the data, often just the raw data in front of people and then let them uh, click around it. You're really calling for an added layer of interpretation um, between the data and the sort of line of business people.
1: Absolutely, I don't know how many times. I, I mean, I'm a technical data scientist myself. I've done a lot of data science work, and before I opened my eyes to this, I don't know how many times I would put together a beautiful PowerPoint deck, mm-hmm. go present my wares to to the business, and go, well, this is what I found. This, is, and they would all go, wow, it's amazing what you just found, and this is what it's worth to you. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they they'd all walk out. and they, We. Uh, drink our coffee and shake hands and they'd walk out and nothing would happen. (laughs) It would end up in a pretty PowerPoint deck. And man, that guy did some great work. He's really smart. But the part, the real work was in, okay, how are we going to save these customers that I've just identified? What business processes are we going to change? And how are we going to put this? How are we going to embed this analytic into a business process to really change behaviors in what I call path jump, Mm -hmm. path Mm -hmm. jumping? I want to change the path of someone that's on a path to churn and I want to put them on a path to a healthy path um and so forth. And then for my low value customers, what do I, you know that are costing me money, how can I next best action them into a more profitable state? Mm-hmm. Meaning what kind of things do i do i i want them to stop calling into the call center so much i want them to not go into the branch so much mm-hmm. um i want to get them to a more self-service kind of channel if possible so that they can take care of themselves and i also want to prevent operational problems within my customer touch points that might be causing this mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily that they're costing me money i might be forcing them as a as a business to actually use that call center because my customer touch points are inefficient so how do i look at the way I interact with my customers and what we call that is, is, is a customer satisfaction index, right? Mm. Is the ability to take a look at all the different channels and all the different touch points of all of my customer experiences and find out operationally where I am weak and where I need to fix. So I can proactively manage churn and keep people off of a path to churn um, rather than identify them on that path. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So it, it this process of understanding your data and implementing solutions becomes itself an ongoing process rather than just a matter of like finding the, the, the amazing answer from the heavens and, and uh, throwing it <laughs> over.
1: Yeah, you, you know, back even in the day, we would define a KPI, right, as, you know, key performance indicators, basically a metric that measured some business activity that was meaningful to the business if it reached certain thresholds we gave it a red a yellow or a green green being healthy yellow not so healthy and red very bad when when that KPI was green we took these business actions when it was yellow we took these business actions and when it was red we took these business actions mm-hmm. right that was a KPI KPI was something we could do about we could do something about to affect the business and and affect the customer or some sort of measurable High impact number. Well, the same kinds of things that you used in your BI world still apply. Hmm. We should not define an analytic just for the sake of an analytic. We define an analytic so that it has a business outcome that is meaningful to the stakeholders of my business. And then we define all the business processes around it. Otherwise it is a science experiment and it's, it's not going to render any value. In fact, it's going to cost you a lot of money because data scientists and you know people who can wrangle this data are not you know not the most affordable people in the world. Right. So not not having all this infrastructure and these business engineers around this person actually could be a very bad thing.
0: So you've you've got me convinced. I want to go out and hire a business engineer myself now. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about the the technical challenges just a little mm. bit. Um, this what sort of data do companies need in order to start? Using advanced analytics, is there is this a you know a process that that involves going all the way to the lowest levels of your data collection and and you know wrangling those first, or can you use kind of the the messy data from multiple sources that a lot of companies mm-hmm. have?
1: Yeah, I, first of all, I think it's a big mistake. Just uh, a lot of folks, a lot of businesses have just said, "I need a data lake." Yeah. And So what they do is they just start jamming all this data in Hadoop, and they just they, they just start landing it there. Mm -hmm. You know, they start, they they set up hundreds of servers and, you know, off they go without a clue of where they're going, other than I know I need this data someday. And then, so they spend all kinds of money up front and what they end up doing is, and somebody finally goes, well, how much have we spent for this? (laughs) Wow. Wow. And what have you done? You've landed a bunch of data in a disk, on Mm -hmm. a set of disks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what is that doing? Well, it's cheaper than the old way we used to do it. Well, we used to throw it away, so it wasn't costing us anything. Um, so, so that's a bad idea. Leading with data is never a good idea, mm-hmm. at least from my perspective. Lead with a use case that has meaningful business impact. And by business impact, I mean revenue creation, revenue saving, or cost avoidance or all three. Right? How mm-hmm. do I add new? If you're not answering one of these three questions, right? How am I adding new customers? How am I making the customer experience more affordable? And then three, how am I getting my customers to engage with me more frequently or or to do more business with me? If those, if you're not answering those three questions with everything you're doing with data, then you're kind of just in a science experiment, and science experiments are great, but they should only last a couple of days to a week, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because then, you know. So my point is, is that don't start with the data. Start with the business problem, decompose it into a set of use cases. Decompose the use cases into a set of metrics. Make sure you have the data to support that, right? Now we started with the business problem. Now we're getting into the raw materials, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, we, we start stockpiling a bunch of raw materials because we want to build a car. Well, I start build, putting rocks over there and I start putting dirt over there and I start <laughs> putting steel over there and I start putting glass over there, sand and, you know, whatever and plastics and everything else. And I'm, and the, 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 The the CEO of the company goes, well, why do you have all this stuff here? Well, I need to build a car, Mm -hmm, right? We need mm -hmm. to build 100,000 cars by next month. Yeah. Well, why do you have all this stuff around? Oh, I don't know. I just thought it'd be great to have it. No, you don't do it that (laughs) way, right? (laughs) You don't. You you start with the design of a car. You start with the problem. I need 100,000 cars by March 1st, Right. right? And then you decompose that, right? Then you start accumulating the resources and the people and the things to do it. We're doing it backwards when it comes to building data lakes. Right. you don't build a data lake and you know you're 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 setting your resources there first um and you're spending a lot of money to do it by the way right. so it's 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 really interesting how we i think they we kind of flipped this thing upside down a little bit with the data lake
0: mm mm-hmm. so so as you're setting out to kind of think about the quality of your analytics there is necessarily a step where you're going to have to ask yourself what kind of data you need and how it would ideally be presented to you and then you would look at you know what aspects of that plan are perhaps, you know, within reach.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that you, you know, you, data is a challenge, right? Data mm-hmm. is a very big challenge, but you know, don't lead with it, lead with your business, lead with your business opportunities and your business challenges. First be business outcome led and not data. led, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and And when you do that, you're more successful, but when it comes down to data, you bet. That's a that's a very big challenge. And that's where the data scientist comes in and the data wranglers come in. You know, and it's not just that it's different shapes and sizes and velocities. That has, It's not that at all. How do I accumulate multiple sources of data from different channels of my business that may not work together well or may not be on the same grain? How do I get them to work together in a harmonious way? And that's mm-hmm. the real wrangling. You know, do I need decoder rings? Do I need, you know translation files do because this customer identifier is different from this customer identifier or I'm going to bring this third party data and you know what, you know and then of course you have all the traditional problems that you would with any kind of uh, wrangling of data sorts but the, the the thing is is that it's just not data that fits nice and easy into rows and columns anymore but you still have to think about rows and columns right, right. schema on read things like that don't always work because when I get to scale scheme schema on read doesn't work very well right? So, you know, you've got to be, there's, there's processes, there's technical processes that we've developed in, in Teradata to be able to help us with that wrangling process. Mm-hmm. And then also the speed at which you can make your mistakes. I think one of the most important things in data science is the rate at which, the speed at which I can determine that I have failed in my iteration. And finally, the, the speed, the second speed at which I can refactor my iteration to get to the next, to the next one. Hmm. So the faster I can learn that I failed and then take another direction is, is the way I can iterate. And what I mean by that is if it takes me seven days to iterate and it takes me 20 iterations, it's seven, seven times 20 days to iterate, mm-hmm. to get to, to get to that 20th iteration where I'm finally successful. Right. If it takes me one day, it's 20 days. So the speed at which I can fail, cause you're going to fail. Right. 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 And, and that's that's the beauty of data science. Maybe I used a random forest today and tomorrow I needed another type of, uh, you know, machine learning analytic because my model decayed. And, and that modeling technique doesn't work. anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the the rate at which failure has to be recognized matters. And that's that to me is is the where the rubber hits the road for Teradata.
0: So speak speaking of modeling techniques and, um, you know, making sure that you can use them uh quickly so that you can fail fast and, and iterate a, a mm-hmm. few of the modeling techniques that you mentioned back at the beginning of our conversation, like deep learning are super hot right now. Not mm-hmm. a lot of people can implement them at a fundamental level. I mean, deep, mm-hmm. deep learning more so than than a lot of them, even. Um, how are the tools changing? How are the analytics mm-hmm. tools changing? Is it becoming possible to actually use deep learning uh, in, in some cases if you're, say, a data scientist and not like a, a pure computer scientist or mathematician?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you're, you're seeing neural nets being implemented in Aster today, and it's something that I could teach you how to do in 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 five or ten minutes, at least syntactically, right. right? So I can get I can get you through the barriers of syntax very quickly. Now, you know, here's here's how I equate this to. If you remember the Wright brothers, right? You probably personally don't remember them. Neither do I, because <laughs> I wasn't around. But I mean, the point is, the Wright brothers invented the first airplane, supposedly, right? Well, they not only built they they built the first airplane, they designed it. They flew it as well, right? So right. they were the same people. So same with analytics, right? It used to be that advanced analytics and predictive analytics was some exotic kind of thing that only people from Caltech or from MIT or from Stanford could do, right? And mm-hmm. they they build and architect these things and they write them in you know low level languages like C++ or Java or something like that, and then they would test and they would do. So in essence, they were the Wright brothers, right? They They built the first analytics, the analytic process, and then they implemented it and and they flew it. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, now we can separate those two. We're starting to separate. Now you've got big 747s or whatever they're calling them now. You have huge jumbo jets that the guy who flies it probably knows a little bit of how the airplane works, but he could never design and and build that airplane himself.
0: Right. There's Um, some abstraction.
1: Right exactly so the same thing is happening in analytics today you've got you still have those brilliant people from Stanford and Caltech and MIT that are building these analytics right then you have they're building things so that that another set of people like me can actually go in and implement these things now i still require the ability to understand overfitting and you know underfitting models and decay of models and you know, smoothing and there's still a discipline, but there's also still a discipline to flying an airplane. Right. right? Not everybody can just go put their, their themselves in a cockpit and start, you know, just pop flaps up and let's roll. Right. Right. So it's the same kind of thing. But what that's what's happening in our our world. This is becoming more commoditized. And that is a very super exciting thing, because what that's going to do as my business customer asks more intriguing questions and let's face it look at the digitization over the last 20 years of the fortune 250 2500 right you look at the transition right why did some survive and why didn't some survive it's because they they innovated data and analytics is the currency of the modern world right if you're going to survive in the future you know you're going to survive because of understanding your customers better than your competitor right because unless there's a baby boom And everybody comes out of the womb at 30 years old with disposable income. I don't see a massive transition of new customers coming to your site. You're going to have to steal them from your competitor. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what advanced analytics is going to allow and not lose them to your competitor. Right. And that's what, that's what advanced analytics is going to allow people to do. It's the whole basis of Amazon. It's the whole basis of, of innovation of the iPhone and, you know, can, you know, just all the different things that are going on in our universe. And that's only going to become more. And more intense as we get into AI systems and deep learning systems and things like that. I mean, in 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 the future, I've written articles about this. There, nothing is permanent. Right. That you know, nothing. Everything is 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 uh you know is has a purpose or it doesn't exist. Right. I mean, I think that's where we're going. And you, John, you're crazy. That's so Star Trek. But you know, my <laughs> kid, my my kids will see a world where if a chair, what gives a chair its value is somebody sits in it. It's not that it's a chair. Right. If, if no one's sitting in a chair, it has no value. It should be dissolved and turned into something useful. And <laughs> I really, you know, and that sounds crazy, but think of that from the standpoint of a, um, a, a power grid. Or think of that from a standpoint of a machine or right. a car or something like that. If, if it can repair itself, um, you know, and it can recognize itself, it uh, becomes much more valuable and much more efficient. Right. And I can, you know, so that's, I'm sorry to go off on a limb there on you, but it's a, it's a neat world we're heading into.
0: No, that's all right. These, these highly liquid, you know, markets that a lot of people are implementing by, you know, instrumenting things and, and, uh, you know, digitizing them is really well, I don't interesting.
1: Know, I don't know how old you are. Right. And I, I want to ask that's an impolite, but I mean, there was a time where if you wanted to buy music, you had to go to a store and buy a, a physical thing, right? It was a, eight track or it was a cassette or it was a disc you Mm -hmm. had to go buy that that you know i don't know how many times i bought um the beatles white album right it's a joke from a movie but i mean (laughs) how many times how many times you're going to buy the beatles white album or van halen one
0: right Right, you bought it
1: four you bought it four times right um just so you could have for the different media now it's mp3s everybody's got to have an mp3 i mean that is where we're going i mean the transformation to our economy to our the way we interact to to our society is going to be massively transformed in the next 20 years, and, and it, here's how much it's already happened, and it's snuck up on us. If I were to take your cell phone away from you, you'd, you'd be lost right. I, you wouldn't have your GPS, you wouldn't have your email, you wouldn't have your telephone, you wouldn't have your music, you wouldn't have your movie player, right? you 'd be like you're on an island all of a sudden you'd have to go figure out how to use MapQuest again. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> so you remember the good old days when people used to have maps and they'd drive with the map in their, on the steering wheel? I mean mm-hmm. that's that's how much our our society has transformed on us right so it's 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 a it's going to continue to keep going where you're going to have nannies that are electronic i mean if i if i were starting a pharmaceutical company today i wouldn't even worry about medications right i I'd, I'd be building data products that would right. that would be like nannies that would watch and monitor your vitals and would be able to interact with you and actually call you and talk to you in a human voice, and actually talk you down from your stress levels, or say you need to go to the doctor and get a checkup, or, or you should put that put the fork down. You don't need that cake, right? <laughs> that kind of kind of thing. Wish I had that a couple of years ago. Anyway, but uh, that's where we're going as far as the future of all this analytics is that there's a whole new set of products, there's a whole new set of markets, there's a whole new way we manage our businesses and it's going to be very autonomous right it's going to be very automatic and what what i'm afraid of is that human beings will become you know they they always talk about the scary ai you know the skynet thing where mm-hmm. you know you're you know the the you know the machines are going to come and blow us up no the machines are going to outperform us and atrophy us and you know give us a rubik's cube just to keep us placated right i mean just <laughs> to, so we'll we will we will give up humanity will give up um and uh you know, that's that's probably the reality of, of things and that, you know, it will be able to build a better uh chair than us. It'll be able to do carpentry better than us. It'll be able to do better metal smelting than us. It will be able to paint better pictures and portraits than us and create better music than us. And we just won't be able to keep up. It's almost like a, a Darwinistic kind of thing that is a machine that uh, will just render us kind of like blobs of, of goo. So... I don't know. It's another Star Trekky thing, but
0: uh, I think it's neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're we're surrounded by so much computer intelligence. The the world is about to change dramatically. I agree. Mm-hmm. John, this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for coming on. If listeners want to find you, uh, you know, on on Twitter or find the stuff that you're writing, where should they look?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, analytics RNA is my Twitter account. Of course, I'm on John Thuma at LinkedIn, and I also have. Uh, johnthuma.net. If you go to the World Wide Web, you can go take a look at all my stuff and all my writing and things like that. So, so www.johnthuma.net.
0: Excellent. John Thuma, Director of Strategy at Aster Analytics and Teradata. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thank you, John.